What's up, guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today in the book of Leviticus, we're looking at chapter 24 and 25. And in chapter 24, we start off by seeing the different instruments that were used in the tabernacle, like the lamps and the bread of the tabernacle, and some important information about those. Then we get a little chunk of narrative. So we've been talking about rules and teaching and all that in the book of Leviticus. Now we're getting one of the few times in the book that just kind of breaks away from the teaching and goes to a story. Here's something that happened. So there was this person who um, was an Israelite, halfway and an Egyptian halfway. Dad was Egyptian, mom was an Israelite. And it says he got in a fight, and when he got in this fight, he used God's name in vain. He said God's name in a way that was blasphemous. And what happens next is they separate him and say, whoa, this person used God's name in vain. Seems like it's the first time that it happened in this area, in this time period. Probably the first time it happened. And Moses and the elders get together and they say, well, what should we do? And God made it very clear. He says, bring out of the camp the one who cursed and let all who heard him say that name, lay their hands on his head and let all the congregation stone him. That means to kill him with rocks and speak to the people of Israel saying, whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. Okay? When you read that, and when you hear that, I just want you to think, how seriously do you take blasphemy? How seriously do you take it when someone uses God's name in vain? How serious is it to you? Right? And one of the reasons I ask is because it's not just people in the world who use God's name in vain. It's also a lot of people who go to church. Maybe you. If you use God's name in vain, you use his name as a curse word, I just want you to read this again carefully and think, wow, do I really want to do that? Is that really a good idea for me? Um, because here it says, if you use God's name in vain, you'll be stoned or put to death if you lived in this camp. We do not take this seriously enough. God takes his name very seriously. We need to take his name seriously too. So that's the section on blasphemy. Then it goes on, talks about an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. This is actually helpful. Um, for the justice system, because how do you put together a justice system? The way that God was trying to get the Israelites to do it was put it together based on this, which seems like common sense, but not for every justice system, that if you commit this crime, you should have this punishment. And that's basically what he's trying to do with these people. So that happens. Then we find out about the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee and the redemption of property. And what I want you to see here is the Sabbath year was supposed to be every seven years, the Israelites would not farm on their land. Now, it might not seem like a big deal, but God said, this is a big deal. Just like you guys get a day every week to rest, I want you to give the land a year, every seven years, to not do your farming and not do your, all your agricultural stuff on it. It says, if you don't do that, I will give the land its rest. And how did God give the land its rest? Well, we see it later on. We see how God took the people of Israel out of the land and gave the land 70 years of rest which means for 490 years before the exile, which happens, the people did not take this command seriously. But God was tallying up and keeping track, and he would administer that justice. Another thing here, the year of Jubilee. Um, a lot of people are confused about this. Like Every 50th year, all the debts go away. Right? Is that a good thing? Should we do that today? Well, first of all, the thing that they were doing was they were using their land allotments, their inheritance, and they were kind of 
in some ways buying and selling it, using it um, to make transaction and deals. That is not how our economy works because your family does not have an inheritance that comes from the Lord, from the government, from this, this is your, your land allotment. That's how it was for the Israelites. So they were supposed to give the land back to the tribe that was supposed to own it because God wanted to keep the land within the tribes. So that's the reason for the year of Jubilee. It's not just saying we should you know, incur a bunch of debt and then hopefully it'll all be forgiven. That is not what it's teaching at all. So don't get it confused there. Um, also, if you were gonna serve someone, you could sell yourself into a, a servitude or slavery to another Israelite and you would serve them until the year of Jubilee, which would be every 50th year. So it was like a, it was like a restart so that the land would go back to how God wanted it to be. So that's what the year of Jubilee is all about. So we got a lot of stuff from the Old Testament we just covered, but let's turn to the New Testament. If we're turning to Mark, who remember, Mark is covering the events of Jesus's life very quickly. So we're gonna cover a lot of ground here. Uh, the book of Mark starts off here talking about Jesus teaching in the Capernaum synagogue, as we talked about yesterday. It says there was a man who had an unclean spirit. So clearly someone with a demon. He comes in and says, I know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus actually tries to get him to be quiet and cast this demon out. So that happens and that's kind of weird, right? Funky, what's going on? Why is Jesus having any contact with these demons? Well, he's casting them out because he doesn't want them proclaiming that he is who he is. He wants to be the one who's the messenger there. So that happens here. Then Jesus starts healing people, heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law, which by the way, that means Simon Peter had a mother-in-law. Simon Peter was married, um, and the Catholic Church calls him the first pope. Well, that's kind of confusing because he was married. Very clear right here. He was married, uh, but that's a topic for another day. Um, okay, then he goes and he started preaching in the region of Galilee. It says he was preaching, and he was casting out demons, and he cleansed someone who was a leper. And I want to take a second to look at that because remember how important it was to be cleansed from your leprosy. Right, we just studied Leviticus 13 and 14. You know how important it was if you had leprosy to be cleansed from it. Jesus changes this guy's entire life by cleansing him from leprosy. And it was an amazing thing here that Jesus did for him. And it says, because of his faith, he was healed. And God saved him from this leprosy disease. But remember, that's not even the most important thing. Tomorrow we're going to see a scene where somebody was physically sick and God spiritually healed him through Jesus. So that's important too. So a lot of things that we covered here in the Gospel of Mark, but I want you to see Jesus continues to define what his mission is. He's reaching the lost, he's sharing the truth, and he's also doing helpful acts of miracles that were supposed to show his power. They weren't just meant to be helpful. Now, they are on one level, but on another level, they're also meant to have everybody see take this guy seriously. That's what they were supposed to do. So, all right, guys, thanks for reading with us today. Hopefully you read it all on your own. We'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot. Thank you.